Welcome to East Lansing Crime War, a podcast hosted by Verena Danielle and Wajiha Kamal. Each week we'll update you on current crime and then we'll take you back to a crime blast from the past. Thank you for listening and stay tuned. Today we will be talking about the prison escape of Dale Otto Remling. But first, local crime updates. First, Raymond Allard's license was officially suspended on February 2nd. Um, In June 2020, his license was summarily suspended by the state. He is facing criminal charges and a pretrial is set for March 2nd. Don Miller is possibly going to be released on parole, although I don't think it's very likely. In April, he will be interviewed by the parole board. Next, a police oversight meeting is scheduled for next Tuesday, um, basically about community input. So if you would like to attend, please do so and check out the City of East Lansing's website for more information. Shortly after 10 a.m. on June 6, 1975, a hijacked helicopter landed in the yard of Jackson State Penitentiary in Jackson, Michigan, at a rendezvous point marked by a bright red handkerchief. The handkerchief was left by convicted con artist Dale Otto Remling, a 46-year-old who was serving around 10 years for buying a car with a forged check worth over $2,000. According to the New York Times, prison officials said he was wanted in Nebraska for kidnapping and auto theft, and in California for parole violation and two other prison escapes. The inmate rushed to the helicopter and soared over the walls of America's largest walled prison to freedom, as guards stared in disbelief at his two years of planning at work. I think that's quite phenomenal that he was able yeah. to get this off not just this time but two other times before and he's been planning this for two years it really amazes me that no police officer or guard found out anything yeah because like if you think about how heavily monitored these people are it's amazing that he was able to coordinate this with people and he had a helicopter fly in over the walls of the prison um that's just amazing yeah and usually like um a lot of like prison breaks i feel are for more nor for more notorious crimes he's in there for a forged check yeah but he was wanted in nebraska so yeah it's definitely hard to believe that he was able to pull that off yeah he must be he must be really smart to pull it off but i mean i guess he was I mean, I guess he's really smart for escaping, but it makes me question how was he, how did he get caught if he was able to escape quite smartly? You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. The timing of the escape couldn't have been more interesting. Breakout, a movie about a prison escape quite similar to Remling's, was aired in the prison just three days before. The pilot, 29-year-old Richard Jackson, who would get caught in the crosshairs of a legendary prison break was taking off from Detroit on a charter flight to Lansing, as far as he knew. Five minutes after takeoff, a passenger pulled a knife and told them what their plan was. Jackson said he was instructed to touch down at exactly 11.05 a.m. at the marked location. Still at knife point, the man directed Jackson to a field 15 miles north of the prison, where two escape vehicles were waiting for the fugitive and his accomplices. As they ran from the chopper and packed into the cars to buy some time, they maced Jackson in the face. That's really quite eerie because this was aired in prison three days before and he's been planning Mm -hmm. for two years. Um, That's just really eerie and weird, I think. Um, I wonder if he did have accomplices and who were they? And I wonder if they were um, a guard because apparently no guard knew he was planning something for two years. 
Yeah, I was also thinking that because um, it it wasn't clear that there was an accomplice inside, like in the guards, but um, they did say later that they weren't sure why they didn't shoot the helicopter down because um, the helicopter is only a few feet from the guard tower. And when it, uh, when it, excuse me, when it flew over, they, um, they like after they were just watching it and they said that they had no idea why the, there wasn't anything done to stop the helicopter. Yeah, they were staring in disbelief, but they did nothing to mm-hmm. shoot down the helicopter. Um, I wonder how he sort of like navigated um, getting to the helicopter. Um, I, I, I think it's really possible he had help. I don't think it's possible to pull this off without help. Yeah, it would have taken um, to fly under the radar like that for two years would have definitely taken some help inside. That's for sure. Yeah, and, like, maybe he's actually seen this movie Breakout before and who showed him, like, an accomplice. Um, and that's where he modeled his prison escape out of. But I don't know the date of the movie release, so. I think that it's very ironic that they played a movie about a prison break at a prison and didn't think that it would inspire something. Um, also, there was a similar case uh, where a prisoner in Mexico City used a helicopter to escape as well. And they think that it was inspired by that. Where is he getting this helicopter from? You know what I mean? Like, um, someone has to be like um, a pilot in the helicopter. Who's the pilot? The pilot was hijacked. The pilot was, um, he was like a a real helicopter pilot. And um, his accomplices uh, boarded the helicopter, told them, that they were flying to Lansing and then um, redirected at Knife Point. That's crazy. I wonder if they even caught the accomplices or if um, Dale was ever found after this. When his vision returned, Jackson followed one of the cars for about 15 minutes until police pulled it over. The driver of the car, meant to be a decoy vehicle for the one carrying Remling, was a woman named Jolene Kahn. Police arrested Khan on charges of aiding in the escape. Her passenger, Donald Hill, was arrested and charged with kidnapping. Unfortunately for Remling, he never made it to the car he was supposed to be traveling in. Remling stayed behind as they were macing Jackson and was forced to walk to his destination, a town called Leslie, about 12 miles away from the second rendezvous point. Police began searching houses near the field where the helicopter landed, but found no sign of Remling. The correctional facility where Remling was incarcerated didn't require jumpsuits or any certain clothes for inmates. Remling fled the prison yard in blue pants, a brown jacket, and cowboy boots. That's so nuts how um, the correction facility didn't require certain clothing for inmates. Yeah. Um, That fit perfectly into Oh, for sure. Because he definitely was able to, for the people that didn't know him or hadn't seen photos of him, um, obviously he was able to blend in a little bit more with regular people. There's no, you know, bright orange jumpsuit. They don't know what they're looking for exactly. Yeah. And I wonder why did the police, if the, pol- the police charged, um, um, Khan and Hill, I wonder if these two were simply like accomplices or were they victims of Remy as well? Um, so I know that Khan was described as a friend of Remling. I believe that Donald Hill was the one that um, that hijacked the helicopter. 
that was instructing the pilot where to go and when to land. I wonder how he knew these people and if he was in prison, how he was communicating with these people. That's, yeah. Yeah, that was my first thought as well. Like, I can understand planning something from the inside if you can accomplish it yourself. Like, that's one thing. But communicating with other people outside and that not going noticed by any of the guards, that is wild to me. Yeah, and, like, that's traceable as well. So why didn't the detectives trace that line of communication as well. A day and a half later, after arriving in Leslie, Remling went to a local bar. State Trooper William Flowers arrested Remling at the bar and he was imprisoned again in Marion, Illinois. In 1993, he was released and moved to Bakersfield, California, where he lived until he died on July 2nd, 1999. I can't believe he was released. Why was he released? Um, well, I think that his sentence was short to begin with. It was only seven to ten years and um I mean forgery is a big deal but it's not like murder or um something where you you know where you're an immediate threat to other people I think so definitely but he did have those charges in Nebraska yeah that's true I'm not sure why he wasn't um extradited or because he had charges in Nebraska and California, too. So I'm surprised he was able to move to California and exactly. just live, live privately. Live. And what's the most shocking to me is that he was able to pull off a prison escape. It took him two years, but he was able to pull off quite a successful, um, yeah. art, if you will, escape. But then he was imprisoned again. And I think it's very interesting, too, that they knew he was a flight risk. And they weren't more careful about it. Like, you'd think that even if they weren't monitoring him, um, if they had no idea that he had, like, escaped before, then I would understand they weren't monitoring him. But you'd think that they'd be paying extra special attention to somebody like that, knowing he's a flight risk. And also, a lot of, in a lot of cases, I've heard prisoners will usually depend, like, depending on their crime and, like, who they are, they'll usually Mm -hmm. tell other inmates their plans to brag. That's something mm-hmm. I've noticed in a lot of high-profile cases. I wonder if he did something similar. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, I just wonder why didn't the police investigate that line of communication between him and his accomplices? And were there more accomplices? Yeah, I mean, this is two years of communication that was probably very easily traced. I mean, it's 1975, you're in prison, you don't have a cell phone, you don't have access to things that aren't being monitored, you know, like mail or anything like that. I wonder if he did have a phone. Someone gave him a phone. Yeah, that that's another possibility. We don't know. And I think that's the most interesting part. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned for another episode next week. If you have any Michigan true crime stories you'd like to see featured on a future episode, Contact myself, Verena, at Verena M. Daniel on Twitter or Verena.Daniel at statenews.com and at Kamal Wajiha on Twitter or Wajiha.Kamal at statenews.com. Thank you for listening.